welcome to everyone joining us online this morning as well. And uh, I'm so excited for water baptisms post the service this morning. Uh, it is gonna be absolutely amazing to see. Uh, we've got actually four people today that are gonna get water baptised after the service today. And uh, yeah, can we honour them? Can we just clap for them and honour them today? Amazing people taking their next step in their walk with Jesus. And, uh, and uh, you know, as, as, as we have done every time we've done water baptism, we would love for you to stay back. It'll be 15 minutes after the service. Stay back and just celebrate with these people. And let's do this as a church family together. And uh, I'm excited for that. So we'll be putting an announcement outside when we're ready to go. And uh, it's gonna be amazing to see those four people take their next step, which is great. And uh, I just wanted to uh, really just take this moment this week because our heart is to transform cities for the Kingdom of God. And I wanna just honour Pastor Nick and Johanna um, who went out with the Caloundra High School Year 12 after party this week uh, with Red Frogs. Now, I know when you go to serve, you don't usually go to start serving at 10.30 p.m. Uh, but this, that's when they went out this week and um, to the wee hours of the morning to go and serve a generation in our city, um, you know, to make sure that they were hydrated, no one, everyone was kept safe. And, uh, you know, some of those after parties, you know, they're still teenagers, you know, and they can, all sorts of crazy things can take place. But I just want to honour Pastor Nick and Johanna, all the Red Frog crew that went out uh, this Wednesday night. Thank you so much. Thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you for everyone else who served there because that's our heart as a church. Transform cities for the Kingdom of God. Well, we are going to continue uh, our series called The Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, and I'm excited about what God has been doing over this series. We launched it last week. And uh, The Sermon on the Mount is actually uh, found, it's the preaching of Jesus uh, which, you know, uh, coincidentally, he preached off a mountain. And, uh, and it was, it, it went, it, it kind of runs over chapter five, chapter six, chapter seven. And uh, if you've read through that before, uh, you'll know that this, the whole of those three chapters are all of his sermon. They are all the sermon that Jesus preached on that particular day. There were thousands of people that were following him. Uh, it's noted that there were probably thousands of people that heard this message. And, uh, and praise God, we had Matthew who really scribed it really well. Uh, how many know Matthew was a good note taker? Really, really good note taker. And uh, took the notes really well and uh, literally word for word describes Jesus' message. And, uh, and so last week we, we dived into chapter five and uh, I preached in the 10 a.m. On, on the first uh, few verses of chapter five and, and, uh, and Kerry Gensch preached an incredible word last Sunday night in our 5 p.m. service. Thank you so much, Kerry. It's on the podcast if you haven't heard the message, an amazing message. And, uh, but our heart with this series is that we at Empower Church will be diving into the Word of God, that we would allow the Word of God to become a part of our lives. And uh, we are one church in two locations. We have our Innisfail location. They're running through this series as well and they're diving into the Word as well. And uh, something that's really exciting is that this is gonna be actually going deeper in our life groups as well. So we're gonna be going into these chapters in our life groups so we can discuss them further. And uh, Jesus' teaching is so dense, it's so full, it's so incredible. Uh, it just takes that little bit more. And I want to encourage you, if you're not in a life group yet, please go and check out a life group because, you know, we're really skimming the surface when we preach a 30-minute message, but we can go deeper in our life groups and talk more about it, uh, about what Christ was trying to bring across in these messages. So today, we're going to be diving into, I'll be preaching on the first part of chapter 6. And tonight, Pastor Johanna 
is going to be preaching the second part of chapter six. So uh, check it out tonight, 5 p.m. It's gonna be incredible. And uh, we're gonna keep moving on this journey. So uh, let's dive into it. Uh, Matthew uh, 6, chapter one, uh, verses one to four says this. Watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. How great is this? This is so powerful and Jesus really diving into the heart of generosity in our lives. And my first key is this, is humble generosity. Humble generosity. See, Jesus starts by literally calling out the hypocrisy of the religious leaders of the day. Now, I'm not saying that every single Pharisee and Sadducee and religious leader carried this type of heart. I'm sure that there were some of them that had a good heart about this about their giving and their generosity. But for the most part, the most part, most of them would go out and show their giving and their acts of service and their acts of nobility uh, in the community, in the most public place they could, the synagogues, in the streets. And I mean, even to the point they were blowing trumpets, you know, to go, hey, I'm giving to the poor. Let's all come and see what this looks like. Okay, and, uh, and so Jesus dives into the first part of chapter six. First, yes, the, the giving of, of, of our finances, of our charitable generosity, but also, and I'll talk about this in the second part, He dives into prayer and fasting as well. And, uh, and so these two areas, these three areas actually, are really central to Christ's followership. They're central to Christian practice. They're not only central to Christian practice, they're actually central to Judaism as well. They were central to being a Jew, living out the law and being able to live these practices of financial giving to the poor, of prayer and of fasting. These were practices that Jews kept, but they are also practiced, and do you believe this today, that we keep as Christians today as well. And so with this, Jesus was really trying to show that when it first comes to our generosity, our financial giving and our sowing, when it comes to tithing, when it comes to giving the needs, uh, all those things in our lives, we're called to do this. We're encouraged to do this. Now, I wanna start by saying this. Now, sometimes people are gonna see when you give. Jesus wasn't saying that if you were seen doing this publicly, that that was the bad thing. Okay, I want you to understand this. It's not the bad thing because, oh man, I've got to make sure I stay silent and anonymous and all this stuff and, you know, stay back. And sometimes God calls you to be anonymous in certain things. That's okay. But it's not always the case. See, the key here is this, is that it wasn't about the fact that it was seen publicly. It was actually the motivation of the heart. That was the issue. It was the motivation of the heart. The motivation of the heart of some of these religious leaders was not to give to the poor. It was so that I am seen giving to the poor. That was the motivation, right? The motivation was like, as long as everyone sees what I'm doing, you know, I mean, if they truly did care about the poverty, and I gotta tell you, 
You know, the stats show, I was reading this a few weeks ago, the stats show that in most areas of Israel, 70% of the people were in abject poverty. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? They were either, you know, subsistence lifestyle, trying to scratch stuff together to make ends meet. They were overtaxed to their eyeballs. The Romans, you know, had designed a system that went, that everything just come, went up to the top through taxation. All right, so it was the top, usually one or 2% that were getting the cream at the top. It was all kind of going upwards and the poor weren't being helped. And so we see here is that Jesus is saying that, hey, you know, the heart here wasn't actually to help those that needed the support. The heart here from the religious leaders was so that they could be seen doing it. Okay, so they can be notified and, and everyone would see, I am being charitable, I am giving in this moment. And uh, here's, a, here's a really sad part about this, okay, is that Jesus said these words, they have received all the reward they will ever get. You know what he was saying? I hope you like the claps. I hope you like the praise and the accolades because that's all you're getting. Because the Father's not gonna reward that type of heart motivation. So I hope you enjoyed the praise you got because that's it. All right, it's like, whoa, hang on, wait, hang, time out, Jesus. That's not how this works. But this is what He's saying. Come on, God is truly more interested in the state of our heart in everything in our lives. So the heart motivation was just to be seen. That's not the right heart. Best off getting our heart right before we give. Best off getting it into a good place before we sow. And so Jesus was saying that God is more motivated, more attracted, more, more honoured by the state of our heart to actually give for the right reasons, to give for the right motivations. You know, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 8. It says, so let each one give as he purposes in his what? His heart. Okay, not grudgingly, oh gosh, I've got to do it again, or out of necessity, for God loves, everyone say loves. loves. Loves, a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. How many know God wants to bless? God wants to favour. God wants to pour out His, His provision, His subsistence, His blessings. You know, He is a Father. And how many know when you're a father, you wanna go over and above at times for your kids. You wanna look after them. You don't wanna just get them the home brand thing. You wanna get them the best thing. I mean, come on, you're any dads here today? Any parents here today, sometimes you, your heart is still like, hey, let's, let's, I wanna bless you in this moment. It's not in every case, but that's the heart of God. And sometimes God just meets the needs and sometimes God brings abundance into our lives. But I want you to know this, is that blessing is not about the fact that I'm constantly in a state of absolute abundance, of absolute prosperity, of absolute blessing all the time that I can see tangibly around me. See, blessing is actually the state of our heart and our life before the will of God. That's blessing. Blessing is the state of my heart by God's account. Blessing is not just the state of my bank account. How are we going today? Blessing is our positioning before God. 
And so when our heart is actually placed in the will of God, when it's done God's will, God's way, then we can put our heart in that place and knowing that, hey, at times we will know seasons in our lives where God will meet the needs in our lives. And sometimes I know as a Christ follower, sometimes we're like, God, you got just a bit more? Have you ever been there? You got a little bit more? It's like, that's great. Thank you for that. But I need like, like 20% more or 30% more. Hey, maybe even 50% more. Thank you for meeting the need. But you got a bit more. Because I, you know, I, I read the Word, I read Psalms. You own the cattle of a thousand hills. You own everything. You know, the earth is the Lord, Psalm 24. You know, and all its fullness and those who dwell therein. It's all yours. I'm a steward. I'm not an owner. But God, how come, Lord, how come there's seasons at times when it's just meeting the needs? And how come there's other seasons where you're just pouring out the abundance? I wanna let you know, when you are in abundance, or when you are just getting the needs met, you're still blessed. When your heart is in the right place. I wanna say today, I've known both seasons. I've known both seasons. I have enough testimonies and enough seasons I've been through and Kate and I have been through in our lives. Enough seasons we've been through as a church. We've known God's, God just meeting the needs and God meeting an abundance both seasons, but I've known this, the one thing that I've, I've endeavoured to do with my family is to make sure we're gonna be in obedience before You, Lord. That's all that matters. The one thing I've endeavoured as a pastor to do for both of our locations is to make sure, oh Jesus, we're gonna make sure that we're pointing in the right direction and we're gonna be obedient to what You want. What do You want, Lord? And we're gonna do that. We're gonna keep on going. We're gonna keep doing what you're calling us to do. And even if you're meeting the needs or you're bringing abundance, we're still gonna keep moving forward. And so we've gotta understand that, that sometimes we've, because of a materialistic culture that we live in, in a society that is, is, is you know, right here, right now, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I wanted it straight away. I got my McDonald's meal, I ordered it, got there in 60 seconds. You know what I mean? And if it gets any longer than that, we're like, what's going on here? Someone's got to get fired. <laughs> Somebody has to get fired because my McDonald's meal took longer than 60 seconds. All right, they're running around like headless chooks in there. You ever looked in the window? And like they're all 15 year olds, it's like sweating, like, like running from one place to another, trying to get your meal as quickly as possible. But then we're there so entitled, it's like, man, two minutes, I got somewhere to be. I mean, but we know this, hey, because our society can be like this. We want the microwave meal, we want, we want this. And sometimes God is that little bit longer than what we wanted. All right, but He is still a God that rewards, blesses, looks after us. And I wanna encourage us today that we should never give up on our charitable giving, on our tithing, on our giving in our lives, even when we are in seasons that we, we feel that it's like, God, you're meeting the needs, but you know what? 30% more would be great right now. And even if that doesn't come straight away, how does our heart work with that? How are we going today? How does our heart work with that? See, when we look at, you know, the giving in, uh, in Proverbs, when there's a great proverb in Proverbs 11.25 and it says, you know, uh, uh, you know there's one who, who scatters yet increases more and one who withholds more than is right, yet it leads to poverty. And what that actually talks about in Proverbs is actually speaking about, you know, in all seasons, 
You know, as a farmer, if you're a farmer, you're gonna scatter, scatter out the seed or when you're harvesting the wheat harvest or the barley harvest in the season, then you can scatter out um, the, 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 the leftover stuff that falls to the ground so that the gleaners would come behind who were in poverty and they would come behind and they would pick up the barley that was left and the wheat that was left and dropped to the ground. And this is where you get out of Luke 6, where Jesus says, you can, you know, you can fill your, your basket to the top, press it down, shake it out, fill it again until it runs out all over. What he was talking about is a gleaner coming behind the harvesters of a wealthy farmer, being able to glean up the harvest so that they go home and feed their family. All right, and so, so here's the deal. There's one who scatters yet increases more. There's one who withholds more than is right, yet it leads to poverty. How many know it's really, really difficult to allow gleaners to come behind you if you've had a lean crop? Can you just walk with me for a moment? You've had a lean crop, all right? And you've got to, and you've got to still glean. See, the, the law encouraged the Jews and the Israelites to go, whether you've had an abundant crop or a lean crop, I still want you to be a giver. I still want you to be generous because when you are generous, you're actually sowing into a future harvest. You're sowing into the future that the Father will take note of that because the poor are with us always. How many know after 2,000 years, we still got poor people. We still got people in need. We've still got things that are going on in our world. There's brokenness in our world. There's needs everywhere. And it doesn't mean that you and I are called to meet every need, but we are called to meet the needs that Jesus impresses upon us to be an answer for. And that goes for us as a church. We wanna meet the needs that God impresses for us to meet. And that goes for us as individuals as well, as families. God, what are those needs? So at times when it's been lean, how do I still be generous? Maybe it's not to the amount that it may have been when you had a bumper crop, but I'm still gonna give. I'm still gonna give. I'm still gonna tithe. I'm still gonna sow. I'm still gonna believe. Why? Because God, You are the source of all things. You're the source. You're the God of abundance. And God, so can I say today, I don't understand why God just meets needs at times and in other times God pours out abundance. I can't tell you the mystery of heaven for that. I'm sorry. All I know is this, is God is looking at our heart. He's looking at our heart and saying, hey, what will you do with the state of your heart? What will you do with the resources I have placed in your life? What will you do with those? Because if the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, that means that, that God, you own everything and I am a steward of what is yours. Every single uh, income and increase uh, has come into our lives, then God, that is yours. I'm blessed to have it. Thank you. I will steward that for your kingdom. But God, I'm gonna make sure that Lord, I'm gonna place you first. As Pastor Nick said this morning, when we place Him first as God, as Lord on the throne, then I know that God, when I give that, I know you're gonna take care of the rest. Matthew 6.33, which this, this actual chapter finishes with. And so that heart before God, I wanna come before you and say, God, I wanna place you first. What are you impressing on my life to say, God, I wanna, I wanna be generous in these areas. Who's ever been stretched in your giving? Ever had moments when you're stretched in your giving? I've had numerous moments in my life, numerous moments in our lives. We've been stretching our giving. I know for the church, uh, early in our early days, when we first signed the lease for this building to come in here, 
And, uh, and I remember we, were, we had a lot of investment to actually fit the building out. And praise God, we had some savings. We had some things that we had built up over time and we were able to start that process. But I prayed in the moment, and this was over 11 years ago. And I said, Lord, things are stretched right now and we've got to spend so much money trying to get into this facility. But Lord, we want to own our own building. We want to be able to own it. I don't want to lease a building. I want to own a building. I want to have something for the future and future generations, God. And, uh, and the Lord impressed on my heart in that moment. He said, I want you to give $10,000 away to two other churches into their building funds. Ten grand. I said, Lord, it, you, you, didn't, you didn't hear me, what I just said. Like, let's just let's come back again. Let's have a seat. All right. I just said. We're spending a lot of money. Things are a little bit tight and, and we've got to get in this place. And, 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 but, but the Lord said, no, no, you didn't hear me. I said, I want you to give $10,000 away to two other churches and their building funds for future seed. And, uh, and I came to the committee of management and sat down and I said, okay, this is what the Lord's impressing on my heart. And, uh, and you know, we're going to take this and we, here's, the, here's the two churches we're going to sow into. I, I feel it's, uh, this particular church it was a church in Queensland and the church in New South Wales and our INC movement of churches. And, uh, and we gave 5,000 to one and 5,000 to the other. And, uh, and, and we gave it. And sure, you know, the, I, I just emailed the pastors and I said, hey, the Lord's spoken to us to do this for you. Uh, be blessed. You don't have to do anything. Don't even have to email me back. It's fine. Just want to let you know we're doing this for you. And, uh, and, and you know, they did email back and said, oh man, thank you so much. We need it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so the, God just moved and, and one church had just bought a facility. They were able to get into that facility. Another church were doing their own renovations and it was able to go towards that as well. And, uh, and, but but I, I remember saying, God, I just, I just lived, I just released that. Even though, Lord, and every year, year over year over year, every year as a church, we give away ten to twelve to fifteen thousand dollars to outside needs. Every year, the start of every year, we sit down at the, like around November time as a committee of management of the church, and we sit down, we discuss. Okay, what are we giving to? What are we sowing to first? What are we sowing? What are we tithing to as a church first before anything else? Before we do anything else, what are we doing first? What are we giving to? And over the years, God has impressed on us. We've sowed to our local chaplains in the schools in our community. We give to global care every single year. That's our outreach arm, our care arm of INC as a movement. And they do incredible things in disaster relief across our nation. Uh, we give to Red Frogs. We've given to Gateway Care, which we partner with down the road. We've given to all sorts of causes and needs. And even at times, we've given to non-Christian organisations that were just doing a good work doing a good thing for maybe uh, uh, battered families and, 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 and domestic violence victims and all that stuff. God just impressed on our heart and we've given to those things. And we said, okay, Lord, we're gonna sow into these areas and we're gonna believe God that you're gonna move. And you know, it took 11 years or 10 years from that point for God to get us to a point in March, 2021, where we bought this building. We purchased it 10 years later from the moment we first sowed. And I wanna encourage you today, sometimes, yes, it does take times. Sometimes, I mean, I can't explain the amount of times that I stood up in my office and I looked out and looked out over the street and everything and or I sat down in this building at sometimes at night time and no one in here and I'm praying on this stage and I'm 
just speaking to the atmosphere of the presence of God in this place. And I say, Lord, and I cry out to God, sometimes in tears, Lord, give us this building. Lord, give us this building. Lord, remember the seed. Remember the seed. Remember the seed. And the Lord, I just, I just always felt a peace in that season that the Lord would provide in the right moment. I didn't know it was gonna take 10 years from the first time we sowed, but it took 10 years of consistent sowing. And even we're even gonna be discussing next year, 2023. Okay, what are we giving to this year? What are we sowing to? And can I say this as well? Sometimes even when we've given all the money out, we've had needs come in. We've had needs come in and, and we've had an email come through or a need come through. I remember in the, at the end of 2020, there was a church that rang me in our, I lead a, a, about 16 churches in INC, a group of churches. And one of those churches rang and said, man, things are tight. I, I have no idea there were a church in North Queensland and it wasn't our church, but another one. And, and, uh, and, 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 I, and he said, man, we've got, we've got to fix these problems and we need about $5,000 right now. He said, I'm not asking for help from you. I'm just letting you know this is a situation. I'm believing God, He's gonna move. I hung up the phone and the Lord said, give him the five grand right now. Right now, 5,000, give that to him. He needs it. And he's like, Lord, I just, we need it. Yeah, you know, it's like, because I know I'd give him 5,000 right now. So I rang, I got in contact with the committee of management. I said, we're gonna, we're gonna sow into this church, a great church. One of our great leaders in the church actually came out of that church up there, which is incredible. And, uh, and so we gave it and uh, God moved. They were able to get a whole bunch of stuff done. And now that church is flourishing, thriving, moving forward. I mean, and at times God's gonna impress on our hearts like that to do those things. I know we've done that as a family at times when it has stretched us. I know there's uh, right across this auditorium and people online as well, you've done the same. But it's amazing how God moves on our hearts to say, I just want you to be generous in this moment. And I know it may stretch you, but let me take care of the rest. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. God will take care of the needs. He'll take care of the abundance. He'll take care of all the things we need. We just gotta put Him first, amen. This is what Jesus is trying to say. And we wanna do it for the, for the meeting of the need, not just for how it looks, okay? And that's what Jesus was trying to say. Awesome. The second thing, and I'll be a bit quicker because I spent a lot of time on that this morning, is pray and fast to gain God's heart. Matthew 6, 5 to 8 says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where every, everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray for your father, to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. Uh, they think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. How incredible is that? See, I want you to know first this, that, that God's, Jesus isn't saying that corporate prayer is bad. He's not saying that gathered prayer is bad. He's not saying that, all right? Because corporate prayer is important and we need to gather in prayer. And we do as a church, amen? We do that. It's powerful. What Jesus was trying to call out is that a lot of the religious leaders would get out into the street corners and proclaim their prayers into the street corners, into the synagogues. So again, yes, they could be seen by others and would be notified with that as well. Oftentimes, 
the religious leaders would actually, when they were seen that way, they would be trusted by widows and orphans, and then they would be able to get a hold of their estates um, because they would, they would, you know, kind of bring in more to their own holdings uh, by seeing, oh, you're a trusted religious leader. So they would get a hold of people that were really desperate and in need. I mean, it's pretty full on, isn't it? All right, so they're getting out, being seen for this. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, don't be like that. Don't be like that. Don't have your heart to try and gain your own gain for yourself. But let your heart be, uh, not, it's not talking about gathered prayer. It's talking about in your personal prayer life. In your personal prayer life, when you do, hey, come before God to not gain the attention of others, but to gain God's heart. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. Even the religious leaders, they would, you know, get out there and look a bit dishevelled and, you know, like they didn't bathe for a, a few weeks and, you know, they, so they, would, they would be seen as if they were fasting, all right? But he says, no, not you. You know, put water on your face. You know, hey, take a shower. That'd be great. You know, um, you know, just get yourself in a position where no one even knows you're fasting. So you're doing that before the heart of God. And this is what he was saying, all right? And so what, what it means is, is that prayer and fasting are really to gain the heart of God. They're to gain the heart of God. When we come into the presence of God, Lord, I wanna connect with you. I wanna engage with you. I wanna be in your presence, Lord. And I wanna come into that intimacy with the Lord. And I wanna encourage us today, this is key. Uh, Over these last two and a half, three years, I mean, if God has been asking for anything in our lives, He's been beckoning our lives to come closer to Him. Come closer, open up your heart, come into my presence. Then you're gonna get understanding for how to navigate the way forward. And I wanna encourage us, a lot of the revelation we need is not past revelation. It's not things from 2019, 2018, even 2016. Our revelation is coming from heaven for what we need to be able to navigate 2023, 2024, the years to come. It's found in heaven. It's found in the secret place. And I wanna encourage us, you and I, we have access into the secret place. All of us do. We have access to get into the presence of God. The answers that you need for your business today, they're found in the presence of God. The answers that you need for your family, your marriage, to make making ends meet, they're found in the presence of God. The answers you need for anything you're crying out to God for, hey, they're found in the presence of God. It's not about finding some old technical answer that was used in the past that's gonna be the solution now. God may wanting to move in a whole new way, in a whole different way. And we've got to find those answers in the presence of God. And I wanna encourage us today, don't just let prayer be a ritualistic thing, just throwing up a few Hail Marys on the way to work. I mean, let's let prayer be something that's deep, that's intimate. We're coming into the presence of God. And I know if you are a tradie and you've got to get to work early at 5.30 in the morning or five in the morning, hey, use that time to get into the presence of God. Use the time when you're driving to the next job or, or, or on your way home in the afternoon. I mean, well, it's not about particularly just the time. It's actually the connection to God. It's a devoted time. And I wanna encourage us, there's times we gotta log out some time in our day. We do have to take, sometimes take that hour or so if you got the time to go, you know what? I really need to get into the presence of God today. I really need to go that bit deeper and I've got to, and, and I wanna encourage us, sometimes we do have to give that hour or more. Sometimes we do. And I understand, even if it starts with 15 minutes a day, hey, let that grow in your life. And, and once you start coming into the presence of God, oh man, it's like a packet of Pringles. You can't stop. You just want more. 
Once you pop, you can't stop. I mean, that is the power of prayer. You want to come closer to the presence of God. You don't want to, you don't want to, you, you, you suddenly realise your heart is awakened on the inside. That's why we're singing before the stand. I mean, that song that must be 16, 17 years old now. Incredible song. But man, it's like instant worship. Just add water. Like I'm like, raise your hand. You're like, oh man, the presence of God. Hey, when we get, we can have that every day. Every day in our lives. Every day that we can tap into the presence of God. And I wanna encourage us today. Hey, there's a thirst, as Pastor Kate was saying this morning. There's a longing in our hearts and it's not gonna be filled by Netflix. It's not gonna be filled by the next thing at work or the promotion. It's not gonna be filled by the next thing you buy. It's not gonna be filled by anything else. Even those, those things, I mean, you know, Netflix, I, I watch it at times. It's, not, it's in moderation, that's fine. But when it's trying to balm you and meet needs in your life, and you're trying to come to certain things like, if I can just get more of this and more of that, and we can't let any material thing, we can't let any other human being fill the place of God. Because I wanna let you know, if you try and get another human being to fill the place of Jesus, you're gonna get let down at some point. Because when you're looking, how come you didn't do this when I needed you? How come you didn't, you know, you didn't understand and you didn't know and you didn't, you know, prophetically understand what was going on in my life? Hey, hey come on, sometimes we gotta understand. If we're looking to other people to be that answer, we gotta just put Jesus in that place. Sometimes a spouse can look to the other spouse and look at them and we're trying to get our spouse to fill what only Jesus can do. Sometimes we're looking at a friend or even a leader in our lives. You've got to fill that spot. You've got to fill that emptiness inside of me. Come on, it's only going to be found at the feet of Jesus. That's where it's found. And praise God, we live in a new covenant, in a New Testament world where you and I at the drop of a hat can come into the presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't mean that people aren't going to meet needs. It doesn't mean that leaders aren't gonna meet needs at times in your life and gonna be there for you, but they can't be Jesus. Our spouse can't be Jesus. Guess what? Only Jesus can be Jesus. I mean, I know it's elementary, but it's really the truth. Only He can be God. And see, sometimes we wanna go, what's the, can I, can, come on, can you, Give me the Tony Robbins five steps to get God to do this stuff in my life. You know what I mean? I mean, the simplest things is just open our hearts, get into the presence of God, read the Word, get some worship. And you know what? One of the deepest things we can do is let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Get the still, small voice. He starts to talk to us. Starts to remind us, oh, I remember the dream in my heart. Oh, I sense you around me. You're all around me. I'm not alone. You truly are Emmanuel, God with us. You are in me. You are with me. I'm not alone. I'm not fighting this battle on my own. I'm with, you're with me. Oh, man. Oh, gosh, God, you're here. I sense your presence. I know you're around me. Oh, God, we can get these bills paid. 
Oh God, we can get this business back on track. Oh God, we can get this marriage healed. Oh God, we can get this miracle we need. Oh God, my daughter can be healed. My son can be healed. Oh, my wife can be healed. Well, my husband can be healed. Oh God, you can heal this thing in my body. Oh God, you can move, you can move, you can move because I know you're here and you live in me, Lord Jesus. The Kingdom of God lives in us and He's not far from us because He's in us. We wanna tap into the presence of God and see the enemy at times, he wants to distract us away from that deep intimacy with God. And this is why when we, um, the second part, and I don't have time with this today, I want the musicians and singers to come right now, is the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our, our needs, our daily bread, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Forgive us as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. And Luke's version says this, for yours, Jesus, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And see, Jesus gave this in Matthew chapter six as a model prayer. And all those little statements are all headings in our lives. And you know, every single one of them are about coming to God and surrendering our heart to God as the number one source in our lives. The number one source. It's pointing to the Father first and saying, Lord, you are holy I honour you, I praise you. When we start praying, let's praise Him for who He is, amen? The second part is not to pray my needs first, but to pray the kingdom's needs first. I mean, this is powerful. Lord, I, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I'm gonna align my heart with what you want first. And then Lord, I just pray, then you can get onto your needs. Lord, I thank you that you provide all the needs. We can go through the list of the needs in our lives. Lord, thank you, you're meeting these needs. You're moving, you're a God who provides, you're Jehovah Jireh, you can pray through those needs. And you know, the really, really important one is this, God, thank you that you forgive me as I forgive others. I wanna get my heart right before you. And I wanna, I wanna show you this for a moment, just really quickly. I have this little example. You can see this online as well. See, a lot of times, We've got to get our heart right before God when we're coming to pray before Him. And sometimes when our heart isn't correct before God, that is our vertical relationship that could be out of, out of kilter with God. And, uh, and that can be like this. We want that flow or pipeline of God's grace, God's favour, God's power. We want Him speaking in our lives, talking to us, moving in our world. But sometimes when we are out of whack with, with our heart and God, we can be out of whack vertically. Do you see that? And, and, and what we've got to get right first is we've got to get that relationship with God into place first. So it's like, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the way I've seen you. Forgive me of the things that I've just done in my life. I come and just get my heart right before you. And Lord, I genuinely repent of anything that has disconnected me from you. The second is the horizontal relationships with others. See, God doesn't just want our vertical relationship with Him right. He wants our horizontal relationship with Him right, with others. And so that we might have people in our lives we've got to forgive and we've got to release and we've got to let go of. And when that's out of whack, we've got to be able to say, Lord, help me forgive. Help me to let go of these offences and these bitternesses in my heart. Lord, help me to get my heart right before You so that God, I can realign this pipeline the way it needs to be. I need You to flow through me. I need You to flow in me, in my life. And, and the Lord never leaves us, never forsakes us. But oh man, I want to be a conduit that you can flow through. I wanna, I wanna be a vessel for you to flow through. And so in a lot of ways in our lives, 
God, Jesus really wants us to get that right in our world and in our lives, in our relationships with others. This is why this is right at the heart of the, of the, of the prayer as well. I talked about this last week and I'll speak about it again because God isn't just interested in our relationship with Him being right. He's interested in our relationship with each other being right because our growth, our breakthrough, our miracles, they're actually inclusive of community as well. Do you believe that today? Others will be involved in the miracles in our lives. Others are gonna be involved in what's going on in our lives. And yes, others are gonna be involved in helping shape our lives, develop our lives, grow within us. God will use people in our world around us to help us grow and develop. And that's okay. Sometimes we wanna isolate ourselves away from people. It's really, really easy to love your neighbour when you don't do anything with them. Did you hear what I said? So easy. I love my neighbour, but if you don't do anything with them, it's really easy to do. As soon as you start doing something with people, you gotta forgive them, you gotta bear with them. They'll have personalities that don't connect particularly with yours. It's gonna be things you've got to work through. And how many of God uses that to help us become more Christ-like, to grow us in our lives, amen? Awesome. The final is He says, lead us not into temptation. Don't let the enemy distract us, take us on track, off track. Lord, I want a heart that is fully devoted, that thirsts and hungers for You, Lord. And that's the heart we wanna carry, amen?